Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Clever intro. So make it a clever intro. Listen, man, they're all clever because I act like we're not recording. Oh, hey, are we recording? <laughs> okay, it's going off track. I'm Steven. This is Brad. This is Jonah. Mike is off working, doing whatever that means. Today's guest is Trevor Moore. You might know him from The Whitest Kids You Know. You might know him from the show Breaking In. You might know him from the movie Miss March, or you might just be meeting him right now on this very podcast entitled Going Off Track. Trevor is super funny and has written funny things and is touring right now on his new record, Drunk Text to Myself, which he talks about in this podcast. Okay. Trevor falls in that category of professional people who um, are constantly doing things and creating things and seem very ambitious and make me feel bad about my own laziness and why I watch television. I'm getting kind of annoyed of talking to these people. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are making me feel like I'm not doing enough. But you see, you are. You got. You're doing this. Plus, you have the gig running the studio, setting things out, and also you guys are guitar players. And this is this is where I find that people can one meditate. We talk about that with other people. But if you can make yourself practice guitar or any musical instrument, I should say. I can't. No. Well, how'd you learn to play? <laughs> Oh, well, I hadn't had sex with a woman yet, and I was seeing that that as the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's so hard to practice as an adult when you have other <laughs> stuff to do. When I was a teenager, I was like, I don't have to do homework. Like, I'm not like I can't afford to eat if I don't. Like, so I was just like, I'm just going to play guitar all day. Exactly. And I feel like I didn't get much better from the time I was like no. 17 to I'm no now. Better. Prob- I'm probably worse. Now <laughs> just playing to, open tuning. You freaking Berkeley, you talked about that. <laughs> I did like a five-week class there, but I definitely wasn't like, there were all these dudes that were like, in the dream theater that we're shredding. I mean, I'm like, I'm like a, I'm an okay guitar player. I can hold my own, but I'm definitely not like a virtuoso. You, you don't have any Ingve records. I do. I have some Ingve <laughs> stuff. I can never really play it though. I remember I almost <laughs> bought a guitar with scallop frets. Oof. And I, oh, I like literally so was like, this is cool. And yeah, looking back, I what did. What is ha- that? Um, mm. This is a thing Ingve did where you scoop out the fret so that. It's so like, that it's really so ugly. You Uglier can play faster theoretically because you're not like pressing it, it. I don't know, like, but I did have Billy <sighs> Sheehan from Mr. Big had a signature Yamaha bass that I that I owned. That was actually a really cool bass. It was blue, and it had this weird reflective pickguard. But it was actually and it ha- actually had some scallop frets on it. <laughs> You can look it up, but it was actually like, it was a little ridiculous. But then I like got into hardcore, and everyone's like, "Dude, are you serious with that bass?" Like I had, so I had to get rid of it. Jonah just 
basically sat here and told us his, about his infatuation with Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> as far as... He, Wait, what does that mean? De- just demasculated yourself in front of me. So, so I had a Mr. Are you saying Big men bit? can't be into Tupperware? That's very sexist of you. Uh, You're saying men can't be into Mr. Big? Scalloped frets. Scalloped frets, yeah. Mr. Big with with um, Billy Sheehan and um, and Mr. Big and Paul Paul, <laughs> Paul Gilbert. Gilbert from Racer X. Yes, another guitar player's nerd band. He is a nerd band. I uh, I got an email about him recently about a camp he was doing, and I forwarded it instantly to going off track former guest John Worcester, <laughs> and that dude replied with I can't remember what he said, but it was like the funniest thing ever. I feel like whenever I get a weird press release, I send it to him, and he's always online and always has like. The funniest reply. Speaking of funny, Trevor Moore. So what's up with the food burning? Because that's what they're doing in my neighborhood. Food burning? The That seems just rude. The 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 more serious Jews, as I'll call them, because I don't think they're all Hasidics, but they're definitely serious. They get these big barrels and they start the morning burning like – it seems like they're burning cheap Chinese furniture So, because the neighborhood just smells like smoke and like burnt glue. And then as the day progresses, they bring out food and burn it. And I think that that's what they're supposed to be burning. The wood is just to get the fire started. So this is just for fun or – It's to rub it into the homeless people. They, they burn like candy and stuff. <laughs> I think that's some kind of ritual sacrifice. It's not not a part of the typical Jewish custom. It's burn naked food. I've always that wondered. That seems very wasteful. That kind of goes against it when you think about it. I don't, I don't know. I think it's is, supposed man. to be like goyim food or something. Yeah. Speaking of goyim, Trevor Morris here. Hey, how are you? <laughs> what a good intro. You like that? Uh, comedian, writer, television filmmaker from Whitest Kids You Know, Miss March. And a very, very good television show with Christian Slater that I enjoyed. Oh, oh yeah. thank you. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and uh, it came and came back and went away and came back and went away. Yeah, it had a, it yeah. had a really weird uh, life. It yeah. was, uh, it, it got picked up, then it didn't get picked up. Yeah. Then it got, then they put it on, and then they canceled it, and then they brought it back, and then they changed the cast, and then they canceled it. So. Must have been on Fox. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> breaking in, right? Yeah, breaking okay. in. Mm-hmm. In my head, I was thinking break, broken in, and I'm like, if I say that, I'm going to just look like a tool, so I have to keep <laughs> talking until I remember correctly the title that I just said I was a fan of. But I did. I watched all the episodes. It was good. Ah, oh, thanks. Then the one uh, actor, she went to House. Yeah. And then House went away, and I was like, oh, rough break. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was like one of the times they canceled it, so she went to House, and then they... It was very tumultuous. That's not the right No, it's not, the word. we'll take it. <laughs> So last time I spoke to you was I think Miss March had just come I out. I guess so. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, it's like four years ago. Yeah, wowzy! That was that long ago. Yeah, that was two thousand nine. Lord, and there's a. a fa- Did you see Miss March? No, I didn't. Very funny, man. Craig Robinson is so funny. Oh, in he's that awesome. Movie. Um, he plays a character named um, Horsedick.mpeg, and he's a, he's a rapper. He's a rapper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's there's a scene in the movie, and I think it's just the best way to open a podcast. Involving a gentleman awaking from a coma and all the excrement that's been stored up in him just <laughs> flying out. And I, I said, that just, that was so over the top, it cracked me up. And you said, and I quote, yeah, we use CGI. <laughs> I was very excited about yeah. it. Yeah. For real. Yeah. You CGI'd poop. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
I don't think that's what happens if someone is in a coma, though. It doesn't just store up inside of them. No. Like, we didn't do a lot of medical research before writing that. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so you're from Charlottesville. Yeah. Right on. Good town. Yeah, I love it. Great town to grow up. I'm from Northern Virginia. Oh, okay, where? At uh, Springfield. Okay. So I've been down to Charlottesville many, many times. Yeah. Uh, Plan 9 Records. Yeah. Yep. Good store. So how did, so you grow, so you were born there. Did you move around a lot or born and raised in Charlottesville? Uh, no, I, I was born in Jersey, um, but then I, uh, my parents moved down there and my parents were Christian folk singers. Mm. So I grew up on like a tour bus. Really? Yeah. Uh, we traveled around the country and uh, I, we did that till I was like 12. Wow. Yeah. What did they have at? title was at a group it was just... called mickey and becky moore that was like my mom and dad's names so but yeah they had like the number two christian rock song in the country in like the 80s and stuff so we like really yeah, traveled around a whole bunch and... did you ever perform with them yeah when i was a kid they uh that was part of the the bit the act they don't call it a bit but like uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, but uh uh yeah i'd come up and i'd sing one of the songs and then like when it was around the age of like six or seven i was like i don't want to do this anymore so i quit <laughs> This little light of mine gets old real yeah. quick. <laughs> wow, so they toured all over the country? Yeah. yeah. So you were rocking in a tour bus at that age. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I lived in a motorhome. Wow. Yeah. And so were you, uh, was it any specific kind of Christianity? Was it evangelical, fundamentalist? Yeah, or? I was evangelical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Boy, those kind of concerts must have been... Yeah, I, that's the word I'm looking well, for. What is the word you're looking for? Revivals. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking yeah, for. They, yeah, they, it was like they, a revival. Yeah, they would play big like festivals, and there would be all sorts of uh, like crazy people, like uh, snake and, handlers. Please, no, no, not like that. Damn. Not like that. I mean, there would be every now and then. Um, you know, my uh, uh, we had a Satanist guy come uh, to live with us uh, when I was a kid for kicks. Uh, no, they, my my parents were trying to like witness to him. And I guess Satanism was like big in the eighties, so they like brought yep. they uh <laughs> they uh so they had the Satanist guy come to live with us. And uh and I was a kid and like so I just thought the guy was weird and um and so he had this room downstairs and then one day there's this big like break like sound, like this big crash and they went down and, and like his bed was broken. Uh, and he was like, demons came in and they broke my bed. And then my parents were like, well, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think you broke your bed. <laughs> like, so he got, he got kicked out. Yeah. Can you get the demons to pay for it? <laughs> it's a great idea. You know, yeah. they just start being like, oh, demons ate all of the <laughs> Between <laughs> like being born again and Satanism, you could get away with pretty much anything yeah it's all about passing blame to get into this man i need a pillow top mattress why well the demons say without it my back will be too straight and i should be uncomfortable wow that's insane and i mean insane in a very nice compassionate way towards people of faith yeah so when you had the satanist live in your house was that the moment you decided comedy is the way for me no i just i uh it was much after that i just uh kind of accepted it all as like you know hey, that's what happens around here when did it start for you um i don't know i guess around 12 i started really liking um getting into comedy or realizing that comedy was a thing mm-hmm. that you could do as a job i think like weird al was like one of the first people that was like oh that's all this this what this guy does for a work he's you know? the gateway man me uh, too so many people like yeah, yeah especially like i think our age like everybody like kind of he's their first the comm- first cassette i ever bought was dare to be stupid yeah and it's, uh, it's a good record. <laughs> it sounds very good. Solid. Holds yeah. up. Holds it up. It still holds up. Yeah. Yoda, 
to the Kinks Lola will never get old. Yeah. <laughs> never get old. You know what's crazy about Weird Al is every, I think this is true, um, but every album he puts out does better than the last one. Like, he has this weird arc where, like, you know, it just they just keep selling more and more and more because people are so, like, diehard that they keep buying, his old fans keep buying his new stuff, but then he just keeps making new fans because he's parodying whatever the pop right. thing of the yeah. time is. So it just keeps, it's like a... Yeah, that's a really smart way to kind of stay relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever smart. See, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see him perform? Yeah. I saw him once at, um, uh, at the Greek in uh, Los Angeles. It was insane. Yeah, it's it, great. It was like three and a half hours long. I counted 17 costume changes. Mm-hmm. It was it was <laughs> ridiculous. And then he does sketches in between, the film sketches? Yeah. Like he shows videos like where he does fake interviews with people and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, they're so funny. Yeah. Takes found footage and then inserts his stuff like, you know, you're kind of dumb, right? <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Okay, so Weird Al. Who else? Who, who, who are other comedy guys? Uh, Monty Python was like a huge yep. thing. I'm, oh. I'm unfamiliar. Oh, it's it's really good. It's oh, like really? a... It's like a British Siren. Are they Canadian? Or they like, <laughs> okay. Uh, Canadian British. They're like the other Canadians. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, the original one. British. The original Canadians. Oh, I get right. it. Yeah. yeah. I got it. <laughs> They're old school Canadians. Canadian OGs? I didn't think they were for real. Yeah, I remember that. When you get when you get into Monty Python, usually in... I remember my dad watching it before I saw The Holy Grail. Yeah. That's yeah. how I got into it. Yeah. My dad would turn me on to it. Oh, my dad would turn around and say, why are you awake? Because <laughs> it was on late at night on PBS. Right? Yeah. And my, then, my parents wouldn't let me watch like much television at all. Really? Like, you know, but that was okay. That, I think it was because it was PBS. And that's hilarious. That's it, totally how I got into it, too. Yeah. Because we were allowed to watch like very minimal TV, but almost anything on PBS was yeah. fair game. And it was all British accents, so it all seemed smart. And a lot of it was about history. So it seemed it just went under the radar where that was okay for us. <laughs> We're learning about the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Did they, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Was there a lot of limiting of like, you know, reading and television and movies and things growing up? Oh, yeah. 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 They just like anything with, if it said like, damn, I wasn't supposed to watch Whoa. it. Yeah. Pretty strict. Wow. Yeah. So what, what did you watch as a child? Um, I just, I had this dog that was cool. So I like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I, I just, uh, yeah, watch my Python and that's about it. Wow. Yeah. Star Wars. I watch Star Wars a lot. Oh they, yeah. They allow that. <laughs> yeah. Cause the force, you know, is God, <laughs> I guess. But now, no, now it's midi chlorians in your blood. Yeah. Now I, they got science into it. Now I blew it. <laughs> totally blew it. I'm taking us down a bad path here with that. Should avoid that immediately. <laughs> so the before whitest kids started, why where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to the school in, uh, in New York, uh, School of Visual Arts. Okay, mm-hmm. right on. And were you doing comedy then as well? Because I remember talking to you guys and asking about improv and UCB and stuff, and I think the whole group went, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, we had a weird kind of path where we um, started doing sketch at the School of Visual Arts. And we would just uh, do everything as like a school club. Um, like we found, we founded Whitest Kids as a SVA club. Um, and because we'd get like $700 a month, uh, $700 a semester um, from the school board. Uh, so we would just spend it on like beer and cigarettes and stuff. Um, Genius. So we were doing like shows once a month at school, but we never did the whole UCB mm-hmm. route. Um, They've, I mean, they've always been really nice to us. Like when we were uh, um, up for 
going to the Aspen Comedy Awards when they were thinking about having us, the UCB let us do our show at their theater. Um, and I do uh, shows at the UCB Theater in L.A. all the time. But none of us ever took any of the classes. Right. Yeah. Now, when uh, I keep jumping back about, you know, how you grew up and things was there, you know, every teen rebels. <clears throat> that must have been. Did you rebel? Was, did you rebel hard against your Christian folk singer parents? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I never like. I, put, I never was like I'm rebelling, but like you know, I, I mean, from the show I make, you know, and you know, I guess I did rebel like to a certain extent. Yeah, like so did uh, you store it up and wait till you went to the school of visual arts? Because that seems very progressive of your parents to support that. Well, you know? they were weird. They were like you know they were very strict, but then they also weren't strict in some ways. Like I never had a curfew. Which was bizarre, like hmm. you know, and um, I started doing a public access show when I was like sixteen, and I did that all the time, and I stopped coming home because um, I would sleep at public access or I'd sleep at my dad's office in town, and then I'd go to school, so I'd come home like three nights a week. Your dad in office, he, they'd stop being the folk singer. Yeah, at that they point. stopped doing that around when I was like twelve. Okay, um, so he was a graphic designer, and I would just like crash at his office and then go to school in the morning, and then go back to public access after school, and you know, so they. We're kind of hands off in some areas, but you know, then very, very strict in others. So. What was the public access show? Uh, it was just it was me just going around, kind of just messing with people in town. Like I'd do sketches, but then I'd also just kind of prank call people and <clears throat> uh, just kind of hide cameras places and, and just mess with people. And it got bought actually. I did it till I was like eighteen, uh, and it was really popular with the UVA crowd. Um, and so then. Uh, this guy who owned a bunch of PAX television affiliates, yeah, uh, he bought the show uh, and put it on his station. So for a year um, after high school, I got paid just to make my TV show. What was it called? It was called the Trevor Moore Show. And then uh, good name, yeah, <laughs> pretty good. And then, <laughs> um, and then I, that got canceled because PAX was very Christian family, you yes. know, network. So. Whoops. Yeah. So your parents were stoked. Oh, he's on the Christian Network. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's what he's doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> so what oh, was shit. it like when you kind of showed up at SVA? Kind of, was it overwhelming to kind of be away from home or was it just like typical college? It was fine. No, I didn't find it that overwhelming. Like I, you know, traveled a lot, you know, because we were on the road a bunch. And then, you know, I would come up here a, a lot. When my, my dad used to do work up here. So I'd always come up with him and, you know, Again, with them kind of being strict in some areas and not strict in others, he'd I'd come into the city with him, and then he was going to be doing business uh, meetings all day. So then he'd just give me money, like here's like forty dollars, meet me back here at the end of the night, and I just walk around New York um, as like a kid, like by myself. <laughs> um, Did they just think God was watching you? Like <laughs> I, maybe I don't know. Like or they're just like. Uh, you know, faith will keep him safe. Yeah. <laughs> or I could have been really annoying and they're like, no one's going to want to molest that kid. Like, you know, like, <laughs> that kid's unmolestable, that one. <laughs> That's terrible and funny. Show title unmolestable. Yeah, we have to call this unmolestable. Unmolestable with Trevor Moore on PAX. Show titles and then we never actually use them. So. <laughs> So you're just wandering around New York for years, and then did you decide this is where I wanted to go to school? Yeah, I always okay. like love New York. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have that same feeling. Yeah, especially if you like come from the middle of nowhere, like you know, because I didn't live in Charlottesville. So I lived about thirty miles out of Charlottesville, oh, yeah, and like Louisa, which is mm -hmm. like nothing there. Mm -hmm. Like you know, it's a mile to your next neighbor. Oh so, yeah. So uh, you know, the the 
contrast of going from there to New York, it was like, this is amazing. And especially living out there, yeah, you'll do a cable access show because you're bored. Oh, yeah. And you're not allowed to watch TV, so you got to make <laughs> you got to make something you can watch. I wonder watch. if anyone's done this before, because <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think you... So you show up in college. You've already done a thousand times more than anyone who's just started college having a cable access show, mm-hmm. doing your own comedy stuff. Oh, it was bought by a cable network. Uh, it's happened to no one here right. presently. And so they let me skip a year. <laughs> what? They let me skip a year. Really? Yeah. Because uh, they were like, well, you don't need introduction of video, you know, or any of that stuff. So I got to skip a bunch of classes. Did you nice. edit everything yourself? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. You're one of these smart, ambitious people. Yeah. Yeah. I love editing. Editing is actually one of my favorite things wow. to do. Like uh, these music videos that I'm doing for this album, mm-hmm. it was cool because I got to edit them again. Oh, wow. Which was nice because I haven't edited. I, I, I uh, wanted to edit like the whitest kids stuff, mm-hmm. but we you just can't with like the schedule that you're on because you, mm-hmm. they have to be cutting them while you're shooting. And um, mm-hmm. so it was nice to be able to go back and edit some of these things. So whitest kids started as the group at SVA mm-hmm. and then you start doing sketches around town. And how long was it? How long was Whitest Kids doing things before Aspen? Uh, well, the group founded in two thousand. Okay. Um, at school, and then uh, we around two thousand four, we started doing um, a weekly show at Pianos, mm-hmm. uh, and it was we just try to write a new show every week. Um, so then people started coming back, and we kind of got a good following from that because you could go every week and it would be something new. Um, and then I think we did Aspen in 2006. So it was about a two-year two year window of us uh, just playing pianos every week. And uh, and that's how we got to go on Fuse. Dude, I heard, I heard just rumblings of it. <clears throat> and at the time, uh, when there was this great year at Fuse where uh, Jen Caserta was running it. Yeah, she's the best. She's the greatest human being ever. Yeah. And diehard Misfits fan, by the way. Really? Yeah, super big Danzig fan. That's interesting. It's hilarious. So she, hearing rumblings about it, and I remember working there going, comedy show, okay. And I found one of the scripts, and I got, I was just like lying around. Oh, there was really? Somebody left it at a copier, and I was like, nah. I took them, and I read them on, and I was like, dude, these guys are really funny. <laughs> and then I went down, and then I talked to the crew. Because we were, you guys took over the set and the studio and That's everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so we weren't shooting anything. We we're out in the field for a while. So I remember sneaking in and walking around, and I saw the um, the set for I guess the, the astronaut takeoff. Yeah, the one. Man, that's so funny. That was a crazy set. Yeah, it was like a huge cylinder, and we only got one take at it. Really? Uh, yeah, because it was the um, the sketch uh, is is uh, it's we're in a space shuttle uh, like facing up in the air like we're about to take off and then i'm like eating all this food it's a really simple idea where it's just eating all this food but it's just falling down and getting on everybody but because <laughs> of the the uh reset time that it would take and, and we were shooting like a lot of sketches every yes. day on that thing that we only had one shot to do it uh so you drop a gallon jug of milk like on one of the dudes yeah it hits darren right in the chest yeah. it's very <laughs> very very funny yeah oh it killed me it was great to see uh, that and you worked with did Dave Diabetti shoot those? Um, Did he direct those with you guys? I, I don't know. I don't know that he... He might have directed the the stage direction like, the, for the in-studio in stuff. Oh, no, wait. You got... No, wait. We dire- Zach you directed and I directed it. Yeah, you directed it. But there was yeah. a guy who was doing kind of the camera... Calling the camera shots yes. on the stage. That yeah. was really weird because we never... That was the only time we shot like in a studio like that mm-hmm. was that very first like two weeks that we were uh, doing it. And then everything else we moved to just be on right. location for mm-hmm. the rest of the series. How many of the sketches, because would you do a lot of YouTube stuff before? Yeah, we would put, like, um, that was something that really 
kind of helped us out a lot was that YouTube started, I guess, I think YouTube started around 2003, but it was like <laughs> right around that time. And um, uh, it, well, when we started doing uh, uh, those shows at pianos. <laughs> so we would put our videos up on our website and then kids would put them up on YouTube. Like to this day, we don't have an official YouTube channel. Like we've just never, we just let other people put them up which isn't a really good idea but um <laughs> but like we had all we would get all these views and it's just from you know people putting them like uh up and that's kind of how like we got like word of mouth going around because so. i think it was the saturday one was the first one i saw yeah. on youtube so he wakes up in the morning on saturday but he's a grown man he's like it's saturday yeah he starts running all over the place and his wife is nonplussed yes <laughs> yeah we did that before we had yeah show. yeah before and you guys won aspen right yeah yeah 2006 yeah. 2006 aspen oh it's so great how many seasons of whitest kids were on ifc uh f four and then one on fuse yes. so we ended up doing five seasons yeah. yeah it was it was the same company for a while yeah they're, they're not the same company anymore no well it's it's a weird like one of those business they split it off so fuse is part of msg which is still under jim dolan's banner but right cable vision but few but ifc is part of this group called Rainbow Media, right? So it's like Fuse went over here, and then IFC and AMC just started doing nothing cool, <laughs> <laughs> nothing interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what Mad Men and Breaking Bad make you snore, Brad? <laughs> Breaking. I hadn't said anything, Brad. I'm, just <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I just I just watch True TV and Spike now. Boy, yeah, yeah. I just did a pilot. I'm doing a really? pilot right now for True TV. Um, I just uh, we just shot it, and now we're really? editing it. Yeah, what's the idea? It's a hidden. It's all hidden camera. I I got really into Impractical Jokers. Do you ever oh, watch that show? It's a really funny show. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like really fast jokes. Huh? Yeah, yeah. The guy who runs True TV was the one of the dudes who ran Fuse years ago. Really? He's the guy that changed the name. I didn't know that. A guy named Mark Juris. Huh. Yeah, it used to be Court TV, right? It used to be Court TV. Really? I didn't know that. That's what True was. He switched it to True. T-R-U. Because <laughs> the E would confuse everyone. I have no <laughs> idea how that works. So wait, you did a pilot for True TV? Yeah. And then you got the record? Yeah. The album coming out? The, yeah, uh, that comes out today, actually. Oh, yeah. Cool. Thanks for coming by. Oh, no yeah. problem. Brad, you got to post this quick. <laughs> yeah. Really? Can you post this today? <laughs> how long you been working on the record? Um, a while. Like, I uh, started writing it, I guess, about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And then um, I recorded it last summer. Mm -hmm. um, and then just been doing music videos for it. Like, And they had a, a new music video just came out today. And so... Uh, and you're writing and directing all those? Yeah. Yeah. And editing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I would do two or three songs a year um on whitest kids mm -hmm. like that was part of the season like there'd be two or three music videos so i just kind of went to comedy central and was like i'd like to do like an album that's not one genre like it's like you know rap country dubstep um you know metal and they were like sure go do it so that's all yeah. it takes yeah. Just did, going, yeah. <laughs> did you play the instruments or did you bring in other people or No, I I worked with these guys uh the Elegant 2. Um they're like New York guys. They uh did a whole bunch of they do a lot of the music for Bob's Burgers. Um they've worked with They Might Be Giants. Yeah. Um they uh you remember the band Skeleton Key? Yes. Uh one of the guys Chris Maxwell was from that band. Oh really? Did yeah. you ever see that video they did? They did this video, I think it was them with Brian Posehn. Oh. Where they have like a budget and they like 
Never mind. If you didn't see it, no, but it's I, really funny. Uh, huh? That's that sounds. But they're cool. awesome bands. Not that this isn't metal song. The no. Brian was saying, okay. No. So you got those dudes who come in and write songs. Yeah, and they're. Uh-huh. I mean, they. I worked with them through Whitest Kids too. Like you know, they would do the music like uh, in Whitest Kids. So mm-hmm. I would like write the songs and like hum the melodies into like onto an MP3 file and then email it to them because I was in New York, in L.A., and they were in New York, and then they start working on the music, and then came in here, and we just recorded it over, like, two weeks. And So to get and, a record on Comedy Central, you just ask them, and then to write the songs, you just hum them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that's how, that's how music works. That's how it works, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neat. I've been overproducing for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn all this stuff off, man. Yeah, I know. We need half of this. <laughs> when did Whitest Kids end? End? Uh, two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Just you guys decided run was done, or yeah, it was kind of like we, you know, had done five seasons, um, and uh, it seemed to be like when all the other comedy troops stopped doing shows. Like a lot of comedy troops ended five seasons, mm-hmm. um, and we were sort of like, you know. We don't want to get to the point where, okay, this is another sketch about a wife cheating on a husband kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. we want to start reusing, like, yeah. ideas. And so we kind of uh, had, had been toying around with this idea of doing, like, this of just movies. So we did the Civil War on Drugs. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. that, uh, the, the last season that we did. We uh, took... We made a feature mo- feature length film and chopped it up and put ten minutes in every episode. Ah, uh, nice. So then, when you finish the whole season, you know we had this whole feature length film about the Civil War that we had done, uh, and we really liked that. And so, what we wanted—I saw a couple of Civil War sketches. Yeah, well, we do a lot of stuff. Mm. Kind of have an obsession with the Civil War. Uh, you from Virginia? Yeah, that's, mm. yeah. that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, we kind of wanted to move more towards you know, doing just, if we did another season, we just wanted to make it two movies where it splits up and, you know, half of the episode is one movie, half is another. And I think, you know, IFC was not, you know, crazy about that idea. And, you know, we were kind of, it was just kind of like everybody was like, all right, let's just move, move on. And uh, so now we're writing another Whitest Kids film that's kind of in that vein okay. of uh, the Civil War on Drugs. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. So the, gr- uh, the group is still together. You just... Not yeah. doing the television thing. That's good. Yeah, okay. we're in the middle of like a 30-city tour right now. Like we just did the Gramercy last night. That's the thing. You guys, I remember when you toured for Fuse. Yeah. And I saw you at um, South by Southwest. Yeah. Well, I heard you. There was a lot of people there. I couldn't quite see. That was nuts Yeah, uh, when we toured for Fuse because we didn't have a TV show yet. And um, they were like, "You guys should. <laughs> they're like, you guys should go and open for Flogging Molly for six weeks uh, <laughs> on the road." And everyone who goes to see Flogging Molly, that's their favorite band. Yeah, like those, I was gonna say those fans I would are never hardcore. Run over they're all drunk. Molly yeah, they're all drunk. <laughs> they're all like you know uh, fighty guys. Yeah. Too. yeah. Um, so it's like soccer chants. Like so for six weeks, this is what happened. Like we were just going around the country, and there's a soccer chant. Like oh. People like like stomping the floor, waiting for Flog and Molly to come out. And so then we'd come out, and we don't have a show or anything yet. So we're like, "Hi, uh, you guys ready to see Flog and Molly?" And it was like, "Ah!" And we're like, "Okay, well, first we're gonna do some sketches. I'm a girl, and he's a guy. He, he's my date in this." And then like people would just be like whipping bottles out. <laughs> so 
<laughs> like literally like five dates into it we were just kind of like this is not working like we have to change everything so i would just like come out uh and just start drinking whiskey on stage <laughs> and then everyone's like yeah and then we throw a whiskey bottle into the audience people are like yeah and then we just kind of developed these like hype man like characters where you're like you ready to see five molly and then let's kind of work those into a comedy bit like so we just oh had a God, it's kind like of comedy survival it. yeah that's because they awesome. just wanted to kill us <laughs> <laughs> at least the flogging molly guys are cool yeah they were nice yeah, like they're the, very nice yeah those guys are cool you did the south by was a great show but i remember watching going they look tired <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> six weeks a long time <laughs> Yeah, yeah right. I, I mean, touring is just rough. And you do that a lot, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't do it like that anymore. Like, mm-hmm. we had to, uh, for that and for the Miss March, mm-hmm. we did, both of them were six-week tours where we were on a bus for six weeks and just um, just driving around. Uh, so now what we do is we try to go out for, we'll go out for four days, mm-hmm. and then we'll come back for like four days, and then go back out for, so we'll just do little clusters. Like, we'll hit four cities in Florida go fly back home and then go and we'll hit like the northeast so so you treat it like wrestling yeah that's yeah. exactly how like the ww works they you're they're home for three days and then the rest of it they're touring and traveling and working and they're home for three days that's awesome that's you why guys. wrestlers are so happy <laughs> they're very happy yeah very happy and nothing bad ever happens <laughs> nothing. <laughs> i know you want to say something so horrible i feel like because nah. <laughs> everybody's thinking it yeah i don't have to say it. i don't think anything ever bad has ever happened <laughs> Do you do you guys get along pretty well? Because I've been in a lot of bands that have toured together, and I know how it can people can grate on you, and just the way they like breathe can like make you go crazy. Yeah. Um, do you guys, for the most part, get along? Yeah, but that happens too. Yeah. Like you know, it's the same. I mean, we've been at this point, we've been doing it for thirteen years, so it's just sort of that's like you know, it's just like family members at this point, where you know, uh, you're like you you love everybody. And, uh, but you can also be like, oh my God, I cannot stand you right <laughs> now, God, but it's fine. It's not like, you right. know, it's, it'll be fine in the, you know, the next day, I think. Now, Miss March, that wasn't White as Kids. No, that was just Zach and I. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but were the other guys involved in it at all? No, that was, that was like a weird thing where, um, they, Fox, uh, Atomic, which doesn't exist anymore. Like, they uh, had this script, and they came to us, and they were like, you know, would you guys want to do this script? Um, and, you know, Zach and I were like, not really. Um, but they were like, you can rewrite rewrite it. And we were like, oh, okay. So then we, like, rewrote it, but it was based off of this existing script, so we kind of just tried to make it a little more artistic. The way to make a movie is a film company just comes to you and says, <laughs> hey, do you want to make one? Yeah. And you say, ah, uh, not that one. They go, we'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Ah, so that's, that's how you do it. I have you a very good memory. Like, do so, some like, napkin doodles yeah. and see if you can get into the Met. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing everything wrong. <laughs> how you make a nuclear bomb is you just get like a whole bunch of like super, like just bombs and put them together. And, like, uh, we're gonna, it. great. We're going to have to edit that out. Yeah. We can't have yeah, that I out there. can't tell all my information is just super simplified and wrong. <laughs> just figure it out when it comes to you. Yeah. So there's this Israeli-Palestinian conflict. How are we going to do it? 
don't know, is Trevor around? Is he yeah. still to... Okay, you guys, you guys are both being like super dicks to each other. <laughs> um, We're going to have a little mixer. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the rule. Everybody has to be nice to everybody. And, you know, n- no one can have bombs anymore. <laughs> and let's not talk about religion at the yeah. party. Stop talking about yeah. And by the way, neither of you eat pork. Common ground. <laughs> Hang out. Have some chicken. Shut up. That's kind of where we need to devolve right now is international talks right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trevor's here. Let's okay. solve some shit. Yeah. Do you want? Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put your guy's religious book and your guy's religious book in the same book. And now you guys like the same book. So <laughs> everybody's cool. <laughs> what we're saying is it's all about packaging. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the series ends. You guys are doing a movie now. It's in the vein of the Civil War and Drugs. Um. Is everyone spread out? So you're in L.A. and here? Yeah, I live in L.A. Why is that funny? Sorry, Brad just dumped all this water on himself. Oh, is that why? And then, like, looked around to see if anyone saw and then saw that I was staring right at him. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm, like, five years old today. I just thought, I feel like that's, I'm you every other day. So it was nice to see someone else. I've been doing this all morning, this kind of stuff. Spilling things on a... You should have... I've... I should I should take my first five emails that I wrote today and and put them aside for some people to read because they're just silly. I just I was in no mood this morning. <laughs> my favorite Brad thing is we were doing the podcast and some guy came in who was recording here in the studio and he went, "Hey man, can um do you mind if I light some incense in the room?" And Brad just goes, "No, no. In fact, don't light anything on fire ever here or anywhere. Just, no, dude." <laughs> You like that because it sounds exactly like what you would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what I'd want to say. <laughs> Incense shouldn't exist. So do you all live near each other? Uh, no. Uh, Timmy lives in South Dakota. Like wow. you do. Yeah. Um, Darren lives in New York. And mm-hmm. then Zach, Sam, and I live in L.A. So. Okay. So we're best in L.A.? Uh, I live in Echo Park. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very up and coming. Yeah. It's pretty cool. When I lived there, it wasn't. <laughs> really? Did you live there? I lived in Los Feliz, um, like, you know, like mid-90s to like early aughts. Okay. You know, about, and Echo Park was where you would go to get heroin and passport photos. Yeah. That's why I moved there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. Because well, I love heroin, and <laughs> the thing about if you love heroin, you keep losing your passport. <laughs> <laughs> It's very pretty. Yeah. Echo Park is a really nice area. Is that, is that near Silver Lake or is that part of Yeah. Okay. I live right on the border of okay. like Echo Park and Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of blew up in a nice way and all these bands started playing in teeny tiny little venues that yeah. got bigger and it was when that like Silver Sun and Airborne Toxic started coming out. I remember Spaceland is what, the satellite or something now? Yeah. Or yeah. I think it's called something else. Yeah, it's still space oriented. Okay. <laughs> so that you know you're not yeah. too confused. Because yeah. it is it is LA. Yeah. You don't LA. want to make any, you know, yeah. radical changes. It's gonna confuse people. <laughs> the present company of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, with Comedy Central, so with the with the album, is there gonna be a special? Um no, we just did the just did the album just and the I shot a bunch of music videos that were just releasing okay. one at a time. Will like, that go uh, on Comedy Central or? Uh I don't know. I don't I don't there's no plans at the moment to. Mm. I'd like to, you know, put them all once I have them all done, mm-hmm. uh put them into something that could perhaps live, you know, 
elsewhere besides do you write everything by yourself or do you collaborate with someone i know with the whitest kids but on your stuff is it just all you yeah i just write the songs myself and and then you know um the the elegant too they like Mm -hmm. work out a lot of the you know the hooks and instrumentation of everything what's your music background um i just i I can play a little bit of guitar but (laughs) not well like we actually i just know chords uh just a couple weeks ago I did a show um, in uh, in Boston where we played the album, and the show was on a Wednesday. And then Monday, I was like, "Oh, I got to learn how to play this these songs." Uh, so I started like figuring out the, the chords for it, and I was <laughs> I realized that I had a show that I was supposed to do the next night. And I was like, "I don't even know if I can play guitar and sing at the same time because I like literally never really tried to do that." <laughs> I've had that dream point. so many times. I was gonna yeah. say that's Dude, my so dream. many times. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, I was like really Real busy life, and yeah. doing a bunch of stuff, and then it got to the thing where it was like, and I called him. I was like. Oh, how how is uh the ticket sales and they're like oh good we're gonna have like a full house and i was like okay um <laughs> oh, all right so it goes like is this a i think that's a you know <laughs> at least the album wasn't out yet so it's like you can make a mistake and no one knows yet exactly yeah and i had another guy playing too okay so i turned uh, him up a little <laughs> more than i was turned up so do you have have you done stand-up at all or is that not really your background or no i've done I mean, i've done it um but i don't regularly do it like i um yeah i've kind of always been more of a a video sort of guy like i like to just film sketches and put them up and writing the songs do you have a for me comedy songs and having some friends who do it and have talked to people my one critique about comedic songs is that they're always the same length as like a regular song right quote-unquote pop song or whatever Mm -hmm. i just think sometimes that's too long yeah for that well choruses yeah uh so yeah you got to change the chorus the words in the chorus. you got to keep having it Mm. be new jokes um or you're just you know repeating jokes (laughs) because if the whole thing is about the joke then choruses kind of lose their point when you write the songs in different genres as you say is there i mean what music do you gravitate gravitate towards what do you like to listen to uh i i mean i go through phases but you know i'm right now i'm obsessed with uh funkadelic um like that's i've just been listening to their stuff over and over and over and over again like i want to do an album that's like almost a complete like one genre funkadelic album uh just because i think those things are so layered and they have so many different stuff going on in there you can almost have all the different uh, you could do a funkadelic album and have it feel like you're doing all these genres anyway so that's uh and then to be able to say we'd like a spaceship on stage exactly yes exactly. Yeah. and just so you know you're not going to be able to play bass on that no, <laughs> no. okay yeah. let's just please <laughs> you know what i think is interesting though and we've talked about this a lot in the podcast it's like when you see a comedian you want to hear new stuff when you see a band you want to hear what you know and you're kind of doing something in the middle do you feel like people want to hear new material or do they get excited when it's something they recognize or does it depend yeah that's a weird thing i mean that's like we i don't know I mean, that's something that we constantly talk about within the group, because um, whenever we go out on tour, uh, we're like, oh, we should do a whole bunch of new stuff. And then it's sort of like, yeah, but, you know, if we do a whole bunch of new stuff, people are going to, you know, every time we do a show, 
uh, people come up afterwards and like, you didn't do this sketch or you didn't do this sketch or you didn't do this sketch. And so, you say, fuck you, you're not in the group. <laughs> <laughs> you already paid, leave me alone. So like what we end up doing is we do a lot of, we do like the fan favorites, the ones that like have a lot of YouTube hits and then we'll do some like deep cuts from the show because we have like 500 sketches like from five seasons and then we'll try to work like a couple new things in there but yeah, you know, uh, but it's weird like because when we do sketches like you'll start a line and then everybody starts laughing or applauding like because right. they get they get what sketch right. is and there you so it's weird it's 500 yeah. to draw from that's so that's crazy yeah would you try to make sure that like if we're hitting the same city like was like we were doing boston uh we did boston a couple nights ago when we did boston last year so we're like okay let's not let's go remember what we did in boston and make sure that we're doing something different so there's not seeing the exact same show when they come that's gonna be crazy of the greatest hits of sketches that people want to see over and over right but that involves you and other people i don't know it's just, that's that's exactly like being in a band yeah, yeah. and you got a set list with your sketches on. yeah i mean i think that's the way i mean we I think, you know, we always want to try to have some new stuff in there. But, you know, I think uh, you know, I have the old video of, like, Monty Python at the Hollywood Bowl. And it's just it's greatest hit stuff, you yep. know, kind of. So, I don't know. But, yeah, we constantly debate whether or not, like, you know, do we have enough new stuff in here? You know, should we be doing more old stuff? That kind of thing. Is it pretty much word for word or is there any level of improvisation in the? Yeah, no, we don't do a word for word okay. because then that would just be really boring like uh just for our own sanity right. like we change it up and you know because i mean you, you we, we switch endings you know we kind of we change it within the sketch but you know sometimes we'll keep you know we'll keep the do the sketch but you know try to throw each other off basically try to screw each other up <laughs> that's fun yeah yeah, you try to throw in new lines to make the other that person laugh. That you can't do in a band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get fired. <clears throat> I said C. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> threw you off. Adapt. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna. Uh, you said you played a show with this stuff. Are you gonna tour? Just yeah. you doing these songs? Um, well, I'm actually get a band. I'm. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I've got um, Sam and Darren. Mm -hmm. from the troupe they're um kind of traveling with me on some dates i'm gonna do five shows in indiana this weekend um where we're just doing the album and then you know sam's playing guitar and darren's doing drums and uh i'm playing guitar uh not as well as <laughs> sam and um so yeah we're doing that and then we'll do a couple sketches in between but it's mostly the music well, that's super cool yeah it'll be fun and between that working on a movie now what so the fox show's done Okay, done. Yeah. So any of the television shows on the horizon? Um, just this one that I'm, you know, this pilot that I'm working on with uh, True TV. True, but nothing like where you're doing a character and acting. No, no. no. Mm. So this is hidden cameras, you yeah. said? Is it like candid camera? Do you do anything to yeah. interact? Well, well, I mean, that's the thing. I am kind of, it is, I'm doing characters in this show where basically I'm just pretending to be, you know, we're basically just setting people up in sketches, but they just don't know that they're on in a sketch right. or that they're on television you know kind of thing right so, so so when that happens do you have to get them to sign a release after yeah or, okay yeah does it ever happen where people won't sign it yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have like a technique for being like yeah sign this well the thing what we do is um uh with the show is we make sure that it's everybody is uh being set up by a friend of theirs 
So it's somebody being like, oh, I think you should get my buddy, you know, so and so. So we have them there. So we kind of do this whole bit. And then once they get to the point where they're, you know, really upset, uh, then we'd be like, <laughs> we'd be like, A, you're on TV and B, your friend set you up on this. And then all anger is deflected. You know, now they're just upset at their friend and stuff. So, so it, while they're yelling, you just yeah. put a pen in their hand yeah. and a piece of paper. In no, front. they literally say like with these type of shows, like you have 10 minutes to get them to sign. Like, you know, before, like, you know, get them the contract, uh, get them to sign it within 10 minutes. Um, But then, but, uh, but honestly, like, you know, we've shot two episodes and um, everybody like enjoyed it. Like uh, there was one person who came back and was like, I regret signing that. Uh, Can I have it back? And we just gave it back to her and said, sure. You know, we don't want to use it if if people are not going to, I mean, we don't want to ruin someone's day. So. Well, that's cool. No, we do want to ruin their day. We don't want oh, to ruin don't. their life. That's, oh. what, it that's what I said. <laughs> right, fair enough. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And what's that called? Trevor Moore Show? Um, it's, we're still figuring out the title. Okay. Yeah. But no, it's not. We'll, we'll <laughs> okay. call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever put that out on DVD, the old uh, cable access one? No, I don't. Because I watch them back and you're kind of, they're kind of embarrassing. Like, because I'm like eight, 16 to like 17. So just kind of learning like comedy. And it's like, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't want to put them on. No, <laughs> no, they're not that great. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't so when you're doing the group when Whitest Kids first started, it was just met guys randomly at school. Like, did you know anybody beforehand? Uh, no, no, no. It was just guys that uh, we all live in the same dorm. That was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I got a camera. What are you doing this weekend? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That was I was doing stand up at the UCB mm-hmm. at an open mic. And uh, Sam was there, and we were both like freshmen, like it in like first week of September of being in school. So like no one really knew anybody. You're still trying to make friends. And Sam came up afterwards and was like, "I really liked your, you know, stand up you did." And I was like, "Okay, it's cool." And so then that's how I knew him. And so I'd run into him every now and then, and you know, we kind of became friends. And he had met Zach, and Zach had met Darren, and then I met Timmy on 9-11, um, which was the next year. Um, and uh, that's, so yeah, it was like a weird, everybody just kind of living in the same dorm. Very aptly named group. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> Whole lot of white dudes. Yep. That's Who named you? Wasn't there a story behind that? There's like five stories, because no one really agrees on how it happened. Um, I the, the general consensus is that we were in this period of trying to find a name and we had a whole bunch of terrible names um, and we couldn't it's like... It's just like a band. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is like a band. Yeah. I exactly. love it. <laughs> and we couldn't come to a consensus on like the, we, we'd, we'd try a name out for a little bit and be like, eh, it sucked. And then um, we were doing something really stupid and somebody said to us, uh, you know, you guys are the whitest kids I know. And we were like, oh, okay, that'll work. Mm-hmm. You know, And we all hate that name. Like at this point, like, you know, we, like, oh, a couple of years in, we were like, I don't like this name anymore. Like, but at that point we had already, you know, been doing it too long to change names. So key to a successful band, have a crappy name that you loathe. Yep. Really? That's true. Foo Fighters much? They hate that name. <laughs> oh, it's a bad name. It's a terrible name. Radiohead right? is one of the worst band names I can think of. Like, you know, that's a, that's a, or the Beatles is a terrible name. Beatles with an A. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I interviewed Matt Skiba yesterday. Uh-huh. And he was talking about the new Alkaline Tree record, and he said they almost called it The Rhythm Is Gonna Get You Killed. <laughs> Them and the pun. <laughs> no, they love pun. I was like, did you have any other good puns? Because it's called uh, 
my what's it called? Something my aim is true, but there's a word is different. Oh. Probably, probably my called. wound is true if it's Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's something that really dark. But yeah, I thought the rhythm is going to get you killed. It's funny. That's very funny. Well, they had that one record, The Agony and the Irony. Yeah. And I was like, what's that from? And they went, oh, we're making fun of Ebony and Ivory. And I went, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Damn, Nisha. Cool. Yeah. yeah. They got some, yeah, they like puns. They're not going to be able to do any better than the record, God damn it. They're just, there's nothing. Not going to be able <laughs> to do it. It's such a good record, too. That's an interesting thing. I saw them, to segue back into what you do when you tour, is they'll play like a record all the way through. Yeah. Have you guys ever done a sketch show where it's like, this was one episode of White as Kids and just no, no, blazed through it? I saw the Pixies do that. Um, they took a sketch show and they just did all the way through. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was Frank a, Black is very funny. Yeah. 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 They could pull it off. Yeah. They could do anything. No, but I saw them do all of Doolittle once and it was really uh, cool because it's like all in order and you're like, and then it goes into that song and they did it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I don't like track six. Gonna yeah. pee. Go to, yeah. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think I, I like how bands do that now. Do yeah. like album tours and things. I remember the first band I heard doing it was Cheap Trick years ago and they just moved into the Roxy in LA and would do a different album a night. You know? Right. That's awesome. Which meant what one one hit a night, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know though. I've seen some and they're great, and then I've seen some and I'm like ha- halfway through, so I'm like, hey, yeah, there's a lot of songs on I forgot about that I don't like. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? That they usually don't play. Yeah, that's the only downside of that. It's Sometimes- got to be the right band and the right album. Yes. But you also know when you write a record that there's going to be at least two songs on there you're not going to play live ever right in yeah. your career so I imagine that's the same with filming a sketch, yeah. like taking a sketch that you've edited and put together not going to be able to do that on stage have you had to do that to translate them to performing um oh yeah like we uh we you know when we did the first season of the show there's all these sketches that we had been doing for years on stage that we were like well half of these we can't use you know because they'll just be they're not you know right for television Mm -hmm. and then there's all these sketches that we've done um you know on the show that we would love to do uh live but there's just it takes place in too many locations because you know you're cutting around and stuff so the pirate sketch live is hilarious yeah yeah that was an old that was the live one first that we adapted for the show i saw a lot that's when i saw it south by oh yeah that i could see from all the tall people like you who stood in front of me right (laughs) and i'm not short very annoying stand at the damn back we talked about this yeah never go to a ween show yeah, never go to a with all tall fans. All tall people. Huh. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I wonder what that is. I don't know. That's why I've the, been to a Ween show. I like. Yeah, Ween see, of course you have. You're tall. tall. Yeah. I saw Ween, <laughs> but I was. I they guess broke maybe. Up, right? I don't know. Did they break I up? I think they broke up. Okay. They broke up, or they yeah. just said these are our um, real names. Yeah. yeah, they're a pretty good band. <laughs> they were fun. I, I yeah. saw them open for Foo Fighters. Oh really? Years ago. Yeah, and who opened for them? Jawbreaker. So why did I go? It's their first door. <laughs> Tons of fun. So um playing Indiana, five shows this weekend, and you sound very busy. Yeah. Which, which is, is good. Cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Busy working. Mm-hmm. So with all these songs finished, is it just concentrating on this album, these tours, or are you constantly writing new material? Uh yeah, I'm like writing stuff, you know, to put like out another one, um, mm-hmm. another album. But mm-hmm. um, you know, right now I'm just trying to, you know, make sure this one launches right. So mm-hmm. just trying to tweet and facebook and yeah. vine and all sorts of <laughs> what do your parents think of the album they don't like it <laughs> <laughs> i uh, showed i did a song about the pope 
And um, that was the only thing I had done when I went back for Christmas. So they were like, we want to hear something from it. And I showed it to them, and it ruined Christmas. <laughs> but they're evangelicals. They don't like the Pope. I know, but they still, I don't know. I guess they have a soft spot for him, too. Like, you know, they just didn't like, uh, you know, they lump him in. Who's the previous Pope? Pope Benedict? Pope, yeah. Pope B? Pope, Pope B the D? Pope B. Yeah. Yep. Pope quit. Just quit he heard it he heard your song <laughs> he's like, he he, he's like you up. got me it I'm worked out. man I'm out. thank you yeah. <laughs> now we got now we got pope frank yeah who's i think who knows what this guy is but you know he wasn't a nazi at any point in his life <laughs> no. so that's an improvement that's a <laughs> but he is from argentina yeah, that's oh, yeah. true so you so, harbored him yeah, yeah. <laughs> so throughout your career has that been difficult with your parents like what do you think yeah well i mean it's okay. It's like they don't like the stuff, but I think at this point they're pretty good at separating it. They're like, well, okay, we're not going to like what he does, so we'll just not talk about it. Um, they, uh, they used to be like, you know, I'd put, you know, when our sketches would go up online on YouTube, like my dad would call me and be like, so I flagged a whole bunch of your sketches on YouTube for being inappropriate like that. <laughs> and then you'd go on to being like, how are you doing? Like, you know, kind of <laughs> like, so. <laughs> it's interesting. They... It's a it's a weird thing because you know I come from you know a Southern Baptist mother and mm -hmm. an NRA retired military father who might not like anything but they like support you you right. know what I mean yeah. like, like they're probably proud they're probably yeah proud yeah man. like you're they're successful like, they're happy doing that you're not coming to them for money well yeah <laughs> they're probably proud that you're so successful they just I mean it's like a band no you're never gonna have a band that your parents are gonna like unless the, the Beatles tribute band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's hard to play. <laughs> You're not a Satanist, so right. That's yeah. good. Or are you? No, no, no. I've uh, if I break something, I cop up to it. Like I, like, I don't blame it on a demon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> growing up, growing up with that kind of like hardcore religious background, does that you know draw you towards any kind of faith based thing, or just kind of push your way? You mean like material? No, I just mean like, you know, as growing up with like such people who are just severe believers. Right. You know, you get to a point where you're like, ah, I'm going to. I don't know. You just kind of like, I just like, I have no idea what's going on. Right. <laughs> like, and anybody who says they know what's going on. I'm like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, you know, like anyone who really thinks they know what happens when you die. I'm just like, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any kind of certainty about something you can't see. Not really by That's it. insanity. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the record? Uh, Drunk Text to Myself. Just keeps getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I right. do a song. You know Reggie Watts? Uh, yes. Not personally, but oh. I've seen him a yeah. bunch. Yeah, I do. A, uh, he does the title track with me. Um, the Drunk Text. <clears throat> I just took a whole bunch of uh, text messages that I sent myself when I'm drunk. I took real ones. And I just uh, took them from a six-month period of time. And then Reggie like beatboxed under it. Wait. So you, you really drug texted yourself. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. Like, because if I'm drinking, I'm like, oh, hey, reminder. Here's a reminder oh, okay, of something right, to right, do. Right. It's like basically my refrigerator magnet right, kind of right. thing. And so, but then I wake up the next day and I look at it. I'm like, what, what does that mean? Like, uh, so I was like, took a bunch of the weirder ones. Fist beaver. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fist beaver? Yeah. Did you just come up with that? I just came up with the band name. That's awesome. Yeah. There's two ones on that on the on the song that are band names. Uh, like one of them is like uh, I had a text. I woke up one morning and said, uh, "Dwarf Cooter would be a great band name." And um, and then and then I had another one which was 
which was Fat Girls Taking Dumps, <laughs> would be a great band name. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I, would buy a t- I would buy a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the mistake you made there is that's an album title. Fat Girls Taking Dumps yeah. by yeah. Dwarf Cooter. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. Yep. See, there you go. That right on. So what you need to do now is just go to Atlantic Records and say, hey, I think I can start a band. And they'd go, all right. And then I'd just start humming the song. So someone goes like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Plop. <laughs> I have this great idea for a t-shirt that I think we can spin into a band. <laughs> So there's Mr. Moore, uh, the aforementioned Trevor Moore. His album Drunk Text to Myself is in store right now and in stores, not in store. Um, but he might be doing an in-store. I have no idea. So he's on tour, tells all kind of wonderful things. Very cool having him here and also having him tower over us. I always forget how tall Trevor is. Yeah, he's tall. Tour, Moore, store. What? <laughs> Like all these words were rhyming, and I was trying to think. Of Isn't it funny one. though how you some? I was just thinking about this recently. How there's some people that when you think of them, you think like, oh yeah, that's a tall person, and other people like you don't think about it until they actually walk in the room, and you're like, geez, I f- I didn't I forgot how. And even people that I know really well, people that I know really well, like I'll totally I will not think about their height until they walk in. And I'm like, geez, have you always been this much taller than me? <laughs> but then there are people that you just think about as being big. Like Tom Cruise and what? Sylvester Stallone. No, I'm talking small. about people that you actually relate that you actually physically come in contact with. Maybe I do. You don't know me. <laughs> you know what I'm all about. I could be on Scientology gun message boards constantly. I think that you might be. I might just be. I'm not. I'm not. But if you want to get on a message board, we don't have one. We do have a no, Facebook. We will page. never have a message board. No, we won't. God. Internet comments. Uh, Facebook.com slash going off track. That's where you can email us or write a comment if you will, which would be great. Goingofftrack.com has all the episodes and a magical button that's not magic. It's run by digits and a mouse. You can hit it and you can donate money to our cause if you enjoy it or not. If you just dig listening to the stuff, that's cool too. No, it's not. Give us money. No, it's not. Do whatever. We just do this for fun. No, we like to support ourselves. Money. Yeah. We're also at Going Off Track on Twitter. We'll, you know, we'll throw in some fun things every once in a while. And yeah, man, what else? Scalloped Frets. Scalloped Frets. Paul Gilbert. It's our new band, man. To be with you. (laughs) Fade out to Mr. Big. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.